You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one and all to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL Show. I want to remind you that you can watch live on YouTube, and follow and subscribe the SB Nation NFL show wherever you get your podcast. We'd also like to remind you that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I say we a lot in the introduction. The we today is me. My name is Arjo Cho, but the we is really he. Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. Steven. Happy Friday to you. Uh, are you in a TGI Friday sort of mood? You're going to go there for dinner, maybe? Uh, do that still exist? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. What a slight against a really popular franchise. What do you I have just, against TGI Fridays? That's kind well, of the inspiration live, of, the, of this show, too. So, side story really quick before we get going. In high school, we used to go to TGI Fridays because they didn't card us, and we would just illegally buy alcohol there. Um, okay. <laughs> But that one has since closed, and I don't think there's any other ones in Kansas City. Like, I don't think they exist here anymore. So I have, I, I mean, I, I'm sure they're still around the country, but I don't think there's any in Kansas City anymore. Um, I went to one in college, in College Station. That was kind of the only one I ever sort of frequented. Um, do you remember the, um, I think it was like 2010 Bama LSU game. The final score was like 9-3. to three. I watched that there. Like, that's like the only memory <laughs> I really have of TGI Fridays, but um i mean the food's okay it's a good spot like i mean whatever apparently a a a loose establishment as far as rules are concerned at least circa 15 (laughs) or so years ago um so i'm happy that you were able to create some wonderful memories um as a result of tgi fridays um there's no blg here today um that's okay we're gonna power through uh did you wear a green shirt in honor of him uh that was not my thought process but (laughs) yes we'll we'll just roll with that for today's um Today, you and I are going to discuss uh, teams who have at least nine and a half projected over-unders, uh, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, and kind of pick one side of that, uh, the over or the under, obviously, and sort of describe how we think that could ultimately unfold, how a team could, you know, obviously hit the over or fall underneath it. Uh, but before we do, I have a very important question for you, Stephen. Um, you're a bit of a cinephile. Um, what is the most interesting thing you've ever learned through watching a movie or a show with the commentary on it? Uh, I don't really watch stuff with wow. the commentary. Um, wow. It's I feel like I should. And you're right. Like, I, I do consider myself a cinephile. I watch tons of stuff, which, by the way, I just watched a star is born this week for the first time. Incredible. Uh, movie. Uh, amazing movie. I was I was blown away with how good it was. And I was upset with myself for having taken this long to watch it. But that's not really my thing. I, I feel like you learn a lot from that stuff, but I've just never been a, a commentary person. Um, I have nothing against the Star Is Born. I just was against how popular it became. Like it, it became annoying to me, um, which I don't think is a shock. 
Um, but yeah, I really, I, I came up with the question. I was like, man, Stephen will have an awesome answer for this because like you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, you're like Mr. Letterbox and everything. So like, I really thought like this was going to be something that worked out, but uh, it was a massive fail. Um, I'll save us. Um, I guess it wasn't anything I learned about a movie. Um, but are you familiar with How I Met Your Mother? Have you seen it all? I imagine yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, you you know the um the nothing suits me like a suit song at the end of the hundredth episode that Neil Patrick Harris sings uh, the performance where everybody wears a suit and everything like that. Um, I watched the commentary for that episode and I don't know if it was the director or the producer, but uh, she said uh, and I hadn't noticed it before that one of the the dancers, like one of the extras, because there was like a lot like an army of people in suits but behind the main cast, um, that they did not have dress shoes that day. Um, and that she was so upset about it when they filmed it. And then like, as it was happening, you can like, now I can never not see that person. So like, if you go watch the nothing to me, like a suit performance, there's one dude there like in sneakers and everyone else is wearing like black dress shoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like Twitter has kind of ruined the commentary thing. Cause you just, there's all these accounts now that just share like movie trivia and facts and things like that. But, uh, I'll have to go check it out and look for that yeah. one guy in tennis shoes. You have a lot of trivia um, that I'm sure you can find out about A Star is Born. It's been that long. So um, good luck to you in that process. Um, okay. So uh, we have curated, uh, if anybody opens the DraftKings Sportsbook app and goes to wins, um, obviously, to bet on uh, the season for different teams in the NFL, you'll see they have a, a, a sliding scale of sorts and obviously different odds associated with each of those. Steven and I have gone with the sort of um, – template that they have for each team in terms of number of wins we have weeded out anybody who is shy of nine and a half projected wins this season um obviously we're recording this on friday august the 18th and this is all subject to change but these are the odds as of this morning at least uh, so steven start us off pick a team uh their projected win total and why like what would have to happen for the over or under on them to hit i'm gonna go with the miami dolphins at nine and a half and I just don't think that I am there with the Dolphins yet. Um, I, I understand the expectations are higher. And if you keep Tua healthy and like all the metrics say like, you know, when Tua was healthy last season and he wasn't dealing with concussions, like he was going to throw for 5,000 yards and go nuts and their offense is incredible and their defense is improving. They, they, they trade for Jalen Ramsey and their defense projects to be like a, a legitimate problem but their offensive line is a huge red flag. And we've seen all these teams over the last couple of years and the way that they struggle and the way they get held back by their offensive line. As, and then you then you start breaking down the AFC East and the way that I think it's just going to eat itself alive. Like, we know the Bills are going to be good. I, I think the Jets are going to be a good football team. And the Patriots are just going to be the Patriots. Like, they're going to be competitive and they're going to be annoying and they're going to be a problem on a week-to-week -week basis. Just... One of those teams that gives you problems every time you play them, even if they're not that good, really. And I, I just I, I can't find myself like being confident that the Dolphins are going to get to nine and a half wins or or, or or be a legitimate like contending playoff team when that offensive line is maybe one of the worst in the NFL if Teron Armstead goes down. Um, I think that's extremely well reasoned. So let me say that first and foremost. Um you mentioned Jalen Ramsey. He's out right till what December or like the initial projected yeah. report. So like, you know, that's a tough scene as it is. Have you seen, um, I actually meant to send this to you before we started recording, but I forgot. So that's on me. Have you seen this Xavier Howard thing that's been floating around the internet? I just saw it right before <laughs> we jumped so, in here. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Andy Slater reported, um, we'll see if anything comes of this, but just reading his tweet, um, the, the Slater scoop as it is, Miami Dolphins, Xavier Howard is being accused of making secret sex videos and then sharing them, a lawsuit shows. Additionally, one woman got into his community this year and smashed his Bentley with a baseball bat. She was later arrested. So um, I don't know that anything is going to come from that, obviously. Um, these seem like allegations at the moment. But I mean, even if he does play, you are missing Jalen Ramsey. So that's like one of the like, you know, things that was supposed to elevate them further this year. And again, so like the over for this would have to be 10 wins. So I'm going to rip through their schedule very quickly at the Chargers, at the Patriots. I'll give them one Patriots win. Uh, the Broncos, fine. There's two. The Bills, the Giants is three. Panthers, fine. Four. Eagles, no. Patriots, we already gave them one. Chiefs, Raiders, okay, that's a fifth. At the Jets, I think you and I probably wouldn't give them that. Um, at Washington, that would be six. Tennessee is always kind of plucky um, around that time of year, but you never know. Um, the Jets again, the Cowboys, the Ravens in Baltimore, and then the Bills to wrap it up. It's tough to even get to nine, let alone 10. Yeah, I just don't. It, it's And again, that, that division is going to be the most brutal division in the NFL. And I, I'm like, I'm higher on the Jets probably than I am mm. on the Dolphins. And so weird, some, it's a weird week that... to be high on the Jets. It's been a down week for me. <laughs> sure. But I just, I, I'm buying into the defense more so than Aaron Rodgers being like sure. the savior for the Jets. And we can get into that more. But like, I, I just don't think that the Dolphins are, ha, have anything that truly sets them apart other than like Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And that's good. That's fun. And they're going to be a fun offense. I just don't think that's enough to actually be like a contending NFL team. And I feel like that's the only thing that sets them apart from anybody else in the NFL as far as a contender goes. Um, okay, that's really, really, really well said. So good for you. Good job. I'm proud of you. We're both a little bit down on the Dolphins, which is a bummer because it was kind of cool last year when they were popping a little bit. Um, but also, also, did you see the Tyreek Hill thing? I'm sure you did, but the Tyreek Hill, like, I don't watch film thing. Did you see this on Thursday uh, night? Yeah, he plays Madden. He's just... I, He's just I actually lying. I don't believe that <laughs> that's true. There's it's impossible. And I think like yeah. Madden actually came out today on Friday. So I do wonder if this is like a hey, please say this and we'll give you a lot of money sort of thing. Uh but um but I don't know. I mean it could be true. That'd be wild if it was true because he is insanely talented. Ty Tyreek just says stuff as somebody who covered him in Kansas City for a long time. Tyreek takes any opportunity he can to just say whatever. He's lying. He watches film. <laughs> that's totally made up. Um, okay, so my first one, um, I don't think is a real surprise given like everything I've said for the last few months, uh, both on the show and in our Slack chat. Um, I'm I'm not willing to buy on the lines. I'm sorry. Like I'm I'm not saying they are gonna be trash. I just have a hard time buying in to the same degree as everybody else. So currently DraftKings says they're over under at nine and a half. Um, do you know, Steven, since so they in 1995, the last year the Dallas Cowboys were in the NFC championship game, by the way. In 1995, the Detroit Lions went 10 and 6. Do you know how many times they have hit the over on what would be nine and a half wins since then? So we're talking about number of double digit win seasons for the Lions since 1995. How many would you guess? I'd probably say once, like that one year that Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson dragged them to the playoffs and lost. There were two of those instances. Uh, just actually, they went three times, uh, but once was as a nine and seven. Wild, they were all as wildcard teams, but in 2016, they were nine and seven. They lost in Seattle. Uh, but in 2011, they went 10 and six. Uh, that was, you know, Matthew Stafford's kind of like a rival when he had gotten rid of the like injury prone narrative. Um, and then in 2014, they went 11 and five before losing 
uh, to the Dallas Cowboys and Anthony Hitchens. Look at that, how he went full circle. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he was kind of an important figure uh, in that game. <laughs> That's why I brought him up. But anyway, so two times. And does that have anything to do with the 2023 Lions? No, but it, it lends me towards or leans me towards the side of doubt on them. And so today, Friday, Denzel Mims was given the injury wave designation by them. So that trade was not like the, the Lions have reached a like level of hype where the moment that trade happened, I know you agree with me. People are like, oh, man, here come, here they come, whatever, blah, blah. Like, And I just don't see it, dude. Uh, so, again, find me 10 wins for the Lions. Here we go. Uh, and we don't have to do this with every team, but, you know, starting strong. Uh, so Detroit uh, at Kansas City. No. Seattle. You're going to give them Seattle. I'll let you. Uh, I think so at Kansas City win or win that game. Okay, so I you think they start one and one. Um, so they got one. Atlanta. Yeah, they'll beat Atlanta. Okay. At Green Bay. Yeah, I think they can beat Green Bay. Carolina. Yeah. At, <laughs> I mean, at, this, this is a pretty at, easy start to the schedule. That's at Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a win too. Okay, so you've got them at five and one at Baltimore. No. Vegas at home. Yes. At the Chargers after the bye. No. Chicago. Yes. Okay, Green Bay. These are back-to-back. That's Thanksgiving, by the way, Green Bay. Uh, I'm going to say no on that. It's a division game. It's... At New Orleans. No. At Chicago. You just gave them uh, the match three weeks before, by the way, against the yes. Bears at home. So you uh, think they sweep uh, the Bears? Yeah, I'm not super high on, on the Bears. Like, I like the Bears, but I'm not confident. Denver. No. Okay, so, and then their final three games of the season, they have a Viking sandwich with the Cowboys as the bread. I'm sorry, the Cowboys as the meat. I say they get one against the Vikings, lose to the Cowboys. That is nine. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, like, I, I just don't buy it. And like, that's giving them a huge benefit at the beginning of the schedule. That's having them start five and one. Um, actually, I think that was nine. I might have miscounted. But either way, like, my point is, like, they're on the fringe. Like, I, I just don't. And so, like, for, for this to happen, like, Jared Goff has to continue to play well. I'm not like a, a Jared Goff doubter, but I just, I mean, what? I'm on Ross St. Brown. Awesome. But like, we are forgetting the like level of intellect we saw or like analysis, whatever we saw apply to this team in the draft, like Jameer Gibbs, like, what are you doing? Like this team seems a little, they, they seem like they're going to try to be this like thumper ground and pound, you know, old school blue collar team, which is cool, but that probably won't translate is my point. Yeah. It, their, their draft process probably wasn't the greatest. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, they, they reached on a linebacker and a running back in, in the first round of the NFL draft, but I, I don't think it like, but both those players look like they're good. And then like Sam Laporta, the tight end that they drafted has looked really good in training camp, but he's still like a rookie tight end, but he's already their starter. I just think, the Lions are so young and interesting, which is why I think we're projecting them to be good. But like, and they've already got the offensive line established, and you expect the defense, which was one of the worst in the NFL in the first half of last year, but they actually did improve as the season went on. And in the back half, they were actually a lot better than they were in the first half of the season. So now you're saying like talent infusion after they went out and signed a bunch of people, drafted guys, and you know, and second year uh, of some of these players that they've drafted. And so you're projecting the defense to at least be better. And then Ben Johnson, who looks like he's a really good offensive coordinator, is back with Jared Goff. And we've seen Jared Goff succeed when all of the circumstances around him are good. And I think the circumstances around him are that good. And they're kind of in a bad division. <laughs> like, I don't trust the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings have dramatically improved over last season when – they, you know, when they won all these games in, in one possession and 
I, I don't trust the Bears. I, I don't know what we're going to see in the Green Bay Packers. And so, like, I, I come out of this saying, like, well, I, I think the Lions are probably top to bottom the best team in that division, like, talent-wise, at least. I think that multiple things can be true. The Lions can be fun and interesting and improved while also falling short of this particular win total because you you're right like the nfc north is really skeptical but you had them as is dropping two of the games in the division right like so we're over here like this division stinks and we can't even bank on them sweeping it you know what i'm saying so like and i'm i'm fine being wrong here like i'm 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 fine not being the four millionth person to like pick the lions to win the nfc north um and i'm not just trying to zig where everybody's zagging but i do have a hard time seeing it i think we're caught up in a little bit of the emotion with this and we're trying to manifest it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. But that's just my two cents. Yeah, I, I get it. And I, I think we should be skeptical because it's the Lions. Like, <laughs> they've got a very large sample size of messing things up and, and ruining things. So I totally understand that. I think I just want them to be good. It's better for the NFL if the Lions are good. Um, no, I'm I'm not going to like <laughs> fall in line with this. But okay, pick another team, please, Steven. Uh, I am going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars and I think they are going to be over this total and nine and a half and yeah, nine, nine and a half wins. I, I think they're going to get there. I, I think some of it plays into their division, but I'm also just banking on Trevor Lawrence taking that next step. Like we, we saw signs last season that like, he can be a legitimate superstar, like MVP caliber NFL quarterback. And I think Doug Peterson is a really, really good coach who is going to elevate him this season. And I'm buying into the Calvin Ridley hype. I'm a little bit worried about the Jags offensive line, but I think their defense is also ready to take a step this season. If they get the most out of the young players that they have there, their pass rush might be a problem, but I think the biggest red flag for the Jaguars is their offensive line, but I think Trevor Lawrence is that dude and is talented enough to elevate them over that threshold and get them across the finish line. So I think the Jags are going to be over this year. Um, I'm kind of doubtful too. Like I, I hate to be like pessimistic to start all three of these here. By the way, I'm looking at their schedule. I think I knew this, but maybe I forgot it. Did you know that they play back-to-back weeks internationally? No, nah, I didn't. Yeah, so that. they they play Atlanta and Buffalo in weeks four and five in international games. So I guess they're like camping out. I mean, that makes sense. Is it gonna, you know, Germany and London or whatever? I don't know. Like I'm looking at the uh, the schedule grid and doesn't have the location here. It just notes it as international. So because I mean I don't know which like the Chiefs are in Germany or who's in Germany this year. Like I really don't know the exact distinctions. But but like again the the not to like do the the schedule thing again. But like their schedule is kind of like low key tough. Um, so the Colts stink forever. Like I'm, I'm, I've just enjoyed their downfall so much. Like it has been so <laughs> wonderful to watch. Um, but so fine, maybe they win that game. They won against the Colts in what was that 2020, right? In week one, and then literally lost every single game. Uh, but so after that, Kansas City, Houston, who's I think we're both you know very interested in um, this year. Atlanta, who is plucky and has a really talented roster outside of the quarterback. Buffalo, Indy again at New Orleans, who certainly could be interesting at Pittsburgh, who we I think all think is are kind of being slept on a little bit. Then the bye out of the bye, dude, San Francisco, Tennessee, who always plays them tough at Houston, Cincinnati, at Cleveland, Baltimore, at Tampa softens to blow a bit Carolina and the penultimate week of the regular season. Like it's hard. Like I, I have a hard time giving them the benefit of the doubt in 10 games, which is what it would have to take. Yeah. 
that is a tough schedule. And even hearing <laughs> you say it, I'm still just like, I, I'm buying into Trevor Lawrence. Like, I, I, I don't care. Like, I'm I, totally I think with Trevor you. Lawrence is that good. Um, I'm totally with you in terms of um, Trevor being able to elevate them. and But, like, we are banking on the Calvin Ridley thing a lot. Like, not only has it been a full – it's been, like, a year and change because he played so sparingly throughout the 2021 season as well. Um, so that's a big thing to gamble on. I feel more comfortable in Christian Kirk, honestly. Like, that, I'm like, I'm not doubting the Calvin Ridley element of this, but it is a bit unproven. Like, I just, I need some proof of concept is really where I'm at with Calvin Ridley specifically. But if it does translate, then yeah, all of a sudden, like, this offense could totally lead the way. And that division is in a really, like, conquerable place. And they obviously know that, um, and won it last year. But because, like, do we, I think, the, I think Houston is the second best team in the division right now uh, behind Jacksonville. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably do. I, I, I do think Houston got better this offseason. I, I like their draft. I like CJ Stroud. Like I, and I, I like D'Amico Ryan. It's like, I think they're going to take a step forward this year. But it's and, and I'm 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 optimistic about Anthony Richardson. I know you hate the Colts, but I, I'm I optimistic about what they're doing. And I, I think they're going to they, they're not going to be a problem, but they're I think they're going to be more competitive, certainly more so than they were last year with Matt Ryan. Because they I mean, were one of the worst teams in the NFL to watch last year. I mean, what was enjoyable was they were awful because of like their decision making. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like their that that their roster was like bad or anything like that. But it was like all the things that like I thought they did poorly like came yeah. back to bite them. So like that's what I I wouldn't say enjoyed, but just was like, hey, yeah. You know? It's well, and like getting back to the Jags, like with Calvin Ridley, like yes, that's it. Their their season could kind of hinge on, on what happens with him and whether or not he is still the same guy that we saw a couple years ago in Atlanta but like Calvin Ridley has had such a weird career uh, especially coming off of the suspension like he's still on his rookie contract and it feels like Calvin Ridley's been in the NFL for like eight years and he's still on his rookie deal and he he's in a contract year so he has to perform because he wants to get paid like you know one of these top 10 to five wide receivers in the NFL and we saw Trevor Lawrence elevate Zay Jones last season. And like, like I know Christian Kirk had a great year, but like Trevor Lawrence elevated Evan Ingram and like right. everybody around him last season. So like, I'm willing to bet that like, I believe Calvin Ridley is the most talented pass catcher on the team. And we saw Trevor elevate all those guys last year. So I'm buying into Calvin Ridley and the Jags. Cause I'm buying into Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson specifically. That's fair. Like I'm, I'm again, I'm, this is the one I'm least doubtful in of the three that we've discussed so far. And I agree. Their offense is super fun and certainly has super fun potential. I think they're a great, um, like Madden franchise team. Um, if you've got to like do that, Madden, not today, like I said, not an ad I'm, I'm going to buy the game, but like my thoughts on the game are well documented, but I mean, it is what it is at this point. Uh, my franchise team, have I told you who they're going to be Steven? I'm really excited about this. No, the Seahawks with JSN. So yeah. I was expecting sort of a congratulations there, but whatever. Um, anyway, um, okay, so moving on. Not a bad uh, guy. I, uh, I don't know what you wanted from me there. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take an over on a team, and it feels like the easiest one here. And maybe you didn't want to be chalk, but the Chiefs at 11 and a half. What? Like, they have never won fewer than 12 games in the Patrick Mahomes era. And that's like, there have been some tough times, like relative, you know, to tough times, obviously. Um, like, what was it, the 2020 season, the first year after the Super Bowl? Like, when, what was that? Was it that year that they had the Titans game that Mahomes got like broken in half? Uh, and that was like, that was the true like bottoming out, it felt like. And that was when Tyron Matthew was like, these fans are toxic. And everybody was like complaining about everything, right? That was the 2020 season. Am I correct? Yes. In that? Yes. Okay. That and they still. He, yeah. 
They still made it to the Super Bowl, by the way. And so, uh, and they still won 14 games despite like, oh, the sky falling and everything um, around them. But 11 and a half, what? Like that is so, and I, I, I recognize it's very difficult in the NFL to win 12 games. But like, if there's any one thing, any one over or under that I'm confident in betting on, in, in taking, and I think there's a difference. I think you would agree um, between betting and gambling. So this might be more of like a, a closed minded, like hit me sort of gamble. But if there's one team that I'm, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt on to that, it's certainly the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I, I think we're at the point with the Chiefs where we're seeing like, it's just like you're more betting on the slide than you are the success. Like, cause somebody's like, well, eventually they're going to have a bad season. Eventually things aren't going to fall their way. And it's like, well, I mean, as long as Patrick Mahomes is behind that thing, it's going to be, they're going to win 12 games. Like they're, they're guaranteed for that. And it's, it's like the Peyton Manning run in the two thousands where Peyton Manning right. was just like a lock for 12 wins every single season. That's what the chiefs are right now. And I'm excited for this season. I think this team has a chance to be better than the team that they had last year that won a Super Bowl. So I, I, I like everything that they did, and I, I like the wide receiver room and the depth that they have. And I know there's a lot of question marks about who's going to be the guy after Travis Kelsey, but there's a reason that they just brought in a bunch of bodies because they were like, Patrick Mahomes will figure it out. We'll just rotate them like we did last season, and Patrick Mahomes is going to throw 40 touchdowns, and it'll be fine. And – it's the it's the safest bet in the NFL, and maybe there are people who are just betting on the demise, and that's finally this thing's going to fall apart. I I just think it's a bad bet because the Chiefs have also built this thing in, in a really smart way, where they've let older players go, and they continue to get younger, and they continue to draft and develop, and, and bring in key free agents on cost effective contracts and things like that. So like. Uh, it's the safest bet in the NFL, and I, I think they're an absolute lock to win more than that. And it is a little disrespectful that like 11 and a half seems like it's going to be easy for Kansas City to get to. I agree with you that I think they'll be better um, as well, like just in terms of overall roster talent. Um, if I look at their three Super Bowl appearances and obviously the two wins, the first one um, against the 49ers felt like like a deserved win. Like they were truly the better team. Like it felt like, like a coronation of sorts. And then the second one felt like, like it was robbed from them. Like they had their worst hour at the worst possible time. Like looking back, I, I still don't think that that Bucks team was like the better team. I mean, they won the game obviously, but, and then like kind of in an inverse way, it felt like the Eagles were the better team last year and they just outlasted them and, and, you know, had, had the ball last, however you want to put it. Um, so it feels like they're a better team um this year and, and maybe they'll be the victims of what the eagles were last year or what they themselves were three years ago whatever uh, but yeah I, I certainly could see a lot of improvement and there's a lot of seniority there's a, like a legacy now you know like a, a third title with this like i know the nucleus is drying up and i know we've talked about this with chris jones but like if, if you get a third one with mahomes kelsey chris jones and andy reed and steve spagnola and everybody like that elevates your place in nfl yeah. history it's an um, all-time all-time team right um, my final question, or okay, it is a question, um, because you would know better than me. Um, so Anthony Richardson, I'm a big fan of. Uh, he was my first round pick in my dynasty league this year. So I'm like kind of it's I'm I'm sort of letting go of my Colts hatred. Like, you know, I, got, I don't want to like one league too. I'm yeah, sorry. I don't I don't want like an emotional conflict every week. Um, so I'm very excited <laughs> about that. But um, I recently picked up Justin Ross. So I need to know like, is that like a real thing? Because because like that's the kind of thing that like if it does happen, that's the difference between like 13 wins and 14 wins. Like, and that sounds small, but that's significant. Yeah. I think it is like, I, I don't think Justin Ross is going to come out and have like 1100 yards or something. Wow. Like I, I think 
he's going to be a rotational player, but all you want to see from him this season is like, can he stay on the field? Can can he make plays? And I think he's going to wind up being a red zone weapon because they just placed Jody Fortin on IR and Jody Fortin's, you know, a secondary tight end, but he's specifically like a red zone tight end that they like to utilize a lot. And they just placed him on IR ending his season. And I think Justin Ross is going to be able to like fill that void. Like I think Justin Ross is going to be a serious like red zone weapon for the chiefs and all the depth that they have. So I I think it is real, but I I think he's going to get worked in like they work in rookie wide receivers. So like, I don't think you can bank on him like playing 80% of the snaps or something like that this season, but he's going to be a factor and he's going to be good. I think. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That wasn't exactly encouraging. Um, so whatever. <laughs> I, I picked up Jalen Tolbert at the same time, and he's going for 2,000 yards, obviously. So um, I have him in a dynasty league, too. I'm very hopeful that okay. year number two will be I, better than year number one. I'm happy to have some some positive shares uh, or some mutual shares, I guess. Uh, okay, I think we have time for one more each. So spin the wheel. This is your last one. Make it good. So we've each taken an under and an over, right? We both yes. you went, you went under Miami. I went under Detroit. And then you went over on um, Jacksonville and I did Kansas City. So uh, where does the wheel land and why? I am taking the Cleveland Browns at nine and a half wins. And I'm taking the under here. I am so out on the Browns. Like, and, and some of it is personal and like, and and me just not wanting to root for them in any way and and support them in any way. Uh, Mm. But it's also just like, I understand that like, They've got talent on the roster, but like when you look at that division, they're not better than the Bengals. Like we know the Bengals are the top dog in that division, right? The Steelers are going to be the Steelers and they're going to be competitive. And, you know, maybe Kenny Pickett does take that year to leap. And we know Mike Tomlin is just going to have them uh, in in the middle of that division, just like as a problem. And they're, they're going to figure things out and win games and stay above 500. And then I think the Ravens are actually primed for that that leap that we were projecting them to take last year. And then they had all the injuries in the preseason and it just carried over the regular season and all kind of fell apart. Like, I I think the Ravens are set up this season if they can stay healthy, like they're going to be an upper echelon team in the NFL. And then you you look at what the Browns have been doing in the preseason and for some reason I've watched a bunch of Browns preseason games and it's cause I feel like they keep getting put in these national windows cause they yeah. win a hall of fame game. And 
they haven't played any starters in the preseason. Like it, it's like they're afraid to put Deshaun Watson out there, and then you'll follow Browns beat writers, and a lot of them are talking about how bad Deshaun Watson has looked in training camp, and it's like they're afraid to put him out on the field. And I, I'm just totally out on it. It's it's bad vibes all around, and I just don't think that the Browns are actually that good. And I don't think that they've improved year over year in a way that we should be projecting them is this upper echelon AFC team. And what's easily the most competitive conference in the NFL. Like I, I'm just not buying into it whatsoever. So when you said that you thought the AFC East was going to be the toughest division in the NFL this season earlier, I, I didn't say it then. Cause I was trying to be a good friend, but I was like, that's dumb. And that's, I disagree with that. Because <laughs> the AFC North exists. Right. Like if, if there's a single division where you can talk yourself into any of the four teams winning it, it's probably this one. Right. Like you, you can't do that with the AFC. It's like I understand that, like we have high thoughts of the Bills and Jets and maybe to a degree the Dolphins. But like there's no way the Patriots win of the AFCs. And but you can see a world where the Steelers win the AFC or excuse me, the AFC North, especially in light of the Joe Burrow injury, if that does like affect things, if there is some sort of like trickle down domino effect. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm with you on the Browns. Like um we just talk about Deshaun Watson, the football player, and we shouldn't. I mean, he was, you know, he, he has shown no remorse seemingly. I mean, it wouldn't even say seemingly. He has absolutely shown no remorse yeah. for anything that he has been involved in, um, in in almost like an unbelievable way. But looking at, for the moment here, just his football accomplishments, I always thought, um, like, he's obviously talented. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. But his his, like, lone exceptional season is such an outlier. Like, and I don't mean to, like, make things about, like, oh, he's, like, passing. He led the NFL in passing in 2020. Do you know what the Texans' record was that season? Probably had, like, five, six wins. They were 4-12, and 12 and they <laughs> fired Bill O'Brien. Like, like it yeah. was a disaster. Like, you know what I mean? Um, So, you know, he had 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns. Prior to that, his career high was 4,100 yards. So you're talking about an increase of, like, 700 yards in this, like, one massive season, which was massive. And, like, he deserves football credit for but not only was it a bit of a statistical outlier and i would almost call it an anomaly at this point it was three years ago like, like you know yeah. he played in six games last year and he threw five interceptions i mean so like you know i don't know what that comes out to like interception per capita or anything like that but it's not good you know what i mean and so i'm not willing to believe they have a great defense and miles garrett is certainly a contender and challenger for defensive player of the year i think there's a jim schwartz bump that certainly works out for them in a positive degree this year but man, I just like I don't think there will be enough consistency here. And again, I, I've been doing this the whole episode. Nine and a half. Okay, so Cincinnati at Pittsburgh to start the season. That's like maybe an zero and two start. That Pittsburgh game, by the way, is Monday Night Football. Um, in, yeah. It's in Pittsburgh, so that'll be fun. So maybe zero and two. Tennessee. Well, we'll give them Tennessee, right? And then Baltimore. So like in the first four weeks, you got to play all three yeah. division rivals, and then they have an early bye. That's never a good thing. So you have a week five bye, and after that. San Francisco at Indianapolis at Seattle, Arizona, like that does help them. I think that they get to play, you know, the NFC West in this respect, but at Baltimore, Pittsburgh, at Denver, at the Rams, which will help again. And then to, to round things out, starting at week 14, Jacksonville, Chicago at Houston, uh, which will certainly be interesting. Um, I know they played last year, but, uh, and then the jets in the penultimate week on Thursday night football. And then at Cincinnati, like, I don't, I know that we're getting this like cyclical national narrative, like, Oh, watch out. Here come the Browns. I'm with you. Like, this is the one I'm most simpatico with you on. Yeah. I just don't. And like, it's one thing too, like, you know, we talk about teams where like coaching, like elevates, like, like, how do we feel about Kevin Stefanski? Like, I, I think he's an okay coach, but I don't think 
he's the type of coach that like elevates all of the talent on the roster and like gets the most out of them. Like I just, it, it's just, it's just bad. And, and like, I, I, I don't buy into it at all. And I think it's a huge, like the preseason thing. And I get like more and more teams are just doing that now, but like, that's a huge red flag to me. Like you're, you, you traded all of this draft capital and paid all this money to Deshaun Watson and it's like you're afraid to put him out on the field. And I, I don't understand what's going on for a guy who's coming into his second year with the team. You would think that all of those reps would mean something. And the Browns are just like, we're totally punting the preseason. It's it, it's all red flags. I'm okay with that, honestly, from like a philosophical standpoint. I mean, like, think about how much life we – I say this all the time. Like, how much life we have lived since last season ended. Like, it's it's so much time to get here. And, like, you're so close – that it's it is scary to like risk it right like if you know they have chosen to believe in Deshaun Watson and if he were to get injured I mean like it's over you know what I'm saying and to your yeah. point they are highly invested in him not just in a capital way but in a financial way like he is their franchise right now and so like if if a butterfly lands on his shoulder in the wrong way like it spells doom and so I get like being conservative in that sense and not everybody can be like Patrick Mahomes be like the preseason super important blah, 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 whatever. So, <laughs> um but yeah um okay um the rounds was a good one i wanted to pick an interesting one and the one i am leaning towards isn't that interesting um <laughs> well i mean i'll tell you it's interesting Just um it. i'm gonna take i also want to pick a team so i was gonna pick the saints i think the saints are gonna hit the over on nine and a half wins but i don't want to talk about them because i mean i feel like we've talked about the Saints. i, a lot. I think that's interesting uh, nine and a half wins for the saints and Derek carr is a lot okay so just quickly, this is the same schedule. Just win or loss it for me, okay? Uh, that's it's, this is the fundamental like part of this. Tennessee, that's uh, the part where you, you pick. So okay. yeah, I have to beat Tennessee okay. Okay. at Carolina. Yeah, I think they can win that game. At Green Bay. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Yes. At New England. <laughs> I think they'll lose that game. Derek okay. Carl throw a bunch of picks in that game. At Houston. Yes. Jacksonville. No. At Indianapolis. Yes. Chicago. No. At Minnesota? No. At Atlanta? Yes. Detroit? No. Carolina? Yes. The Giants? Mm. That's in the Superdome. Yeah. For what's, okay. Yeah. I'll get at, the, at the Rams? Yes. Tampa Bay? Yeah. And Atlanta? Yeah. That's 12 wins that you've given the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, I guess like, I'm not, the that's what I'm saying. Like nine and a half is really low. It, it's it's the schedule. Like that's really what yeah. this is. This is about for them. Um, that That's why like I don't find it to be that interesting. Um, so in the name of being a little bit more interesting, um, I think the I, I just I mean, I guess to, to stick like I've hit all my tropes here, like all the things like I've hated on the Colts, hit it on the lines. Like I might as well hit on the bills. Um, ten and a half. Like I'm just I'm I'm this. I'm as least confident in the Bills as I've ever been in the Josh Allen, like God mode era. Like, you know what I mean? Like beginning in what, 2020? Like, cause, cause they lost um, to Deshaun Watson his own, in Deshaun's only playoff win. And then it like, and then it all clicked, right? Like after the yeah. Stephon Diggs trade and things. So like in that era, this is the least confident in the Bills I've ever been. Um, I don't think they added any real skill players to their like nucleus. I understand that they drafted Dalton Kincaid. And this is my same point about Sam Laporta. Um, in Detroit, like when when has a rookie tight end ever made a sizable impact on a team? Like in in Kyle Pitts had a thousand yards a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He was the only one like this and century. Pat, literally, Pat Fryermith yeah. had like an eight touchdown rookie season. Okay, did, what, did that help? <laughs> so <laughs> no, I mean it didn't right. So um, so they they added Dalton Kincaid. Cool. I think their defense is underrated in a little bit of a way. 
but I just it feels like regression is starting to kind of take its toll on them. And I don't I don't know that I would take the under on ten and a half. I might on eleven and a half. Uh, ten and a half might be a little bit too low for me. But man, I just I, and it's their division has been a bit of a cakewalk in this kind of run of dominance. Like and it's elevated now. I mean, I just I I have a hard time seeing them as like you know coming to Arrowhead for the AFC trip. That, that's that's like what they live for. And I just don't know if I see it happening. I actually I agree with you on this and it's kind of what I've been saying about the bills this off season where like, yeah, I, I get that. Like everything coming out of bills camp is like Dalton Kincaid is going to be this incredible oh, weapon cool. and they're going to use him as a wide receiver. And I'm just like, well, why wouldn't they just draft a wide receiver? Like why didn't they sign DeAndre Hopkins or, or trade yeah. for Brandon cooks or, yeah. you know, trade for Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, you know, like any of the names who were like in the mix, like why, like why, why, like Gabe Davis had, what was it? Four touchdowns in the divisional round in a loss two years ago. Cool. Yeah. That means nothing now. It's I, and I, I just feel like, and they don't, I don't feel like enough people pointed out and they, they probably don't get enough crap for it. Like they haven't really drafted well, like in the last few years, they've invested a ton of assets into that defensive line. And none of those guys are stars. Like none of all of those guys are just kind of dudes. Like they're all like a- average to slightly above average at best. And that's why they had to bring in Von Miller because they were like, we need a closer. We need, we need a closer who can, sack a quarterback in a key moment of the game because we don't have any of those dudes even after all these assets that we put along the defensive line and like they're definitely going to be a good team like josh allen is gonna is gonna keep them competitive and they're definitely gonna be in the mix in the afc and i i just i I struggled to see where they've dramatically improved over what they've done the last couple of years and what they've done the last couple of years hasn't been good enough and like, I, I think it would take, like, a, a another dramatic leap from Josh Allen, I think, to, like, like where Josh Allen, like, really puts himself, like, I'm the MVP front runner this year, and I'm going to throw 40-plus touchdowns and, like, have the best season of my career. It would take that kind of step from Josh Allen for them to, to be, like, truly at the top of the AFC, like, with the Chiefs and, and some of these other teams because it's such a competitive conference. And I just, I just don't see it. Like I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm totally out on the Bills. I, I think the Jets have a strong chance. If Aaron Rodgers bounces back, I think the Jets have a good chance of winning that division over the Bills. Obviously, a lot of the way I look at the NFL world is through the like lens of the Cowboys, and and so I'm, I'm doing that here. Like in the, this is not a compliment, but like in the Jason Garrett era, the Cowboys sort of built their teams for like um, injuries turned off and Madden sort of mode, right? Like, Oh, if all 22 of our starters are available, like we're a really good team. And that was true, but like, that's not the case. Like, you know, this is the NFL. Like it's a battle of attrition. Players get hurt. Players miss games, whatever the case may be. So like, you're right, Steven, like you can't miss on these picks. These are their first and second round picks in the Josh Allen era. So in 2018, Josh Allen, obviously Tremaine Edmonds, um okay uh 2019 ed oliver w- solid cody ford uh was their second round pick in 2020 they did not have a first round pick they took aj epinesa in the second round in 2021 gregory Rousseau in the first round and boogie basham in the second uh and then last year kair elam and james cook um as their second round draft pick and so this year dalton kincaid and osiris torrance like those are important things but like they don't i agree with you like it, it takes like everything being perfect and them like up, upping things on another level. Thank you, Bear, for to see them really challenging this year. Yeah, it's just like all those draft picks. It's like you're like, okay, 
that's a dude. That's a dude. That's a dude. <laughs> like, like none of those guys are stars. And that's, that that's a big deal. And I'm not saying like every draft pick has to be a superstar, but when you're just drafting bodies that you aren't really getting that much production out of, like that's going to impact you. Like the chiefs had a, a seventh round two seventh round rookies, like playing significant snaps for them a season. Like where's those kind of players for the bills? Like they just haven't hit on them. And not only that, but like the, and like you can't predict injuries, but that's why you have to be well-rounded. Like the big investment they made a year ago, fell apart in von miller and so it's like oh man yvonne another year older a, 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 like coming off of an injury if he's just like the super bowl mvp dude again that he was what six years ago or eight years ago i mean we'll be fine <laughs> like it's just a, it's such a precarious like line to try and thread um i still don't know that i would take the under 10 10 wins is really difficult to see but they do play the nfc east um so that is a, a bit of a challenge and their division is probably the best that's ever been in this little, you know, run. This is this is the Worcestershire test for the Bills. Like, if, if you survive this year, if you're just as good again, then, like, okay, you have a little whatever weird kind of dynasty that doesn't have anything significant associated with it. So hang your banner. But if you fall apart this year, I do think that people will kind of come and be like, man, you benefited from Tom Brady leaving the division and just beating up on everybody before they all caught up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, that's that's where I'm at. And it's like... Uh, again like i i think it comes down to like the pieces uh, around josh allen like have to step up but also like they need more from him and i understand like he is a franchise quarterback and he is the key component of why all of that has been successful over the last several years but like has he ever really been in the mvp conversation has he ever really been in like a legitimate conversation where like you're like okay that guy could be the best player in the nfl like He's obviously one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, but I've never thought for a second that Josh Allen was the best player in all of football. And I think that's what they need him to be for them to have a legitimate chance this season. They got the bump of the divisional round loss. That's what I'm saying. Like if you, if you die a hero, people elevate you forever. And that's kind of what's happened to the bills for the last year and a half or whatever. Um, this was fun. Bear participated, and the mail truck's coming back. So that means, Stephen, you need to close this out before Bear gets pissed off. Tell us something wonderful and interesting and delicious and whatever else is on your heart. Um, Wonderful, interesting, and delicious. I've been reading the Sandman comic book series. I'm hopeful to finish that this weekend. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that's exciting and delicious. Okay, is this my only question? Is this like physical comic books, or do you have like an app on like a tablet? Or something? No, it, it's it's a physical. I don't I don't like reading things on screens. I'm a, I, I need a hard copy of it. He said, looking at a computer. Okay, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, then uh, we'll be back next Friday, and uh, until then, um, the final words are yours, Stephen. They could be anything you want about life, culture, food, politics, religion. Uh, go see Blue Beetle this weekend. Uh, I think I think you should support uh, this Hispanic comic hero movie that's coming out. That's probably going to make that money because I'm going to go see it. Deal.